Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Story time. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm a trucker and I just want to tell my story. Some years back, 
I was driving home from work. I was a little tired, and focusing on staying awake. At one point during the drive, I look over and see a girl in the passenger seat of my car. She was probably early teens, pale, long black hair, wearing a white dress, and an absolute blank star on her face. She looked over at me. It scared me to the point where I just sat straight up, suddenly wide awake, looked back over and she was gone. Had I not seen her, I possibly would have fallen asleep at the wheel. Ghost girl probably saved my life that night, so thanks I guess. I was standing next to the recreation center on Thetis Lake with my friend, Gordon P. When we saw it, a scaly creature emerging from the lake and moving onto the shoreline. The sight was terrifying, just as we had described to others. The creature had a roughly triangular shape with dark, bulging fish-like eyes and a mouth filled with razor-sharp teeth. A spike protruded from the top of its head, adding to its menacing appearance. We estimated its weight to be around 120 pounds, standing at about 5 feet tall and 5 feet wide. Overwhelmed by fear, we quickly turned and ran for our lives. With its webbed extremities propelling it forward, the creature pursued us relentlessly until we were a safe distance from the lake. Unfortunately, it managed to catch up with Gordon, causing a deep gash on his hand with its sharp, pointed head. Still trembling with terror from our encounter with the monstrous amphibian, we hurriedly made our way to the nearest Royal Canadian Mountain Police Station. We recounted the incident to the officers, showing them the cut on Gordon's hand that was inflicted by the creature's razor-sharp fin. The authorities recognized the sincerity in our story and immediately initiated a search, more like a monster hunt in Thetis Lake. However, despite their efforts, no trace of the creature was found during the investigation. The case was nearly dismissed until four days later, on August 23rd of the same year, at approximately 3.30 in the afternoon. Russell Van Nice and Mike Gold came forward with their own sighting of the creature from the opposite side of Thetis Lake. Unlike our encounter where we were pursued, this time the creature simply emerged from the lake, glanced around, and submerged itself back into the water. Van Nice and Gold described the creature's face as resembling that of a monster, with a humanoid body standing at least five feet tall. Its skin was silver-colored and covered in scales, while a sharp point jutted out from its head. The creature's ears were unusually large, and its eyes sent shivers down their spines with their horrifying appearance. I'm from Victoria, British Columbia and my story is from there. A couple of years ago I was going to art school and I had a part-time job at a grocery store. Part of our art lessons was to go out into various parts of Victoria and draw buildings and such, things like that. So one field trip we had we went to a grave site and we started drawing tombstones and stuff. I remember I sat down and I started drawing this tombstone and there was a lady's name on there. Anyway, I started drawing it. A couple weeks later I'm working at the grocery store and I'm pretty much the only one there. It's a really small grocery store and I'm sitting there with another cashier and in walks this lady and I can't see her because I have my back to the door but the other cashier that I was working with. 
We were talking blah 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 and she looks at me like she was so freaked out. So I turn around and I look and I see this weird looking lady with this long black dress on. I'm totally not lying. She was wearing this long black dress, long scraggly hair, gross looking skin, like gray, grayish tone and I'm northern so I can tell people's skin tones. Anyway, she freaked me out so much. Like that was not what regular people look like so I screamed and ran away. That was like my first instinct, to just scream and run away. I couldn't believe it. Once I realized that I had screamed and ran away from this lady, I just realized I'm supposed to help. I went back, composed myself and I said, can I help you? She said, I don't know where I am, like in this really creepy voice. So I was so freaked out by this lady. I looked at her. I was really close and her eyes just looked like they were held up with toothpicks, like it was just bugging out of her face. So I said, you don't know where you are, let me call you a cab? So I said, what's your name? She said it's Elizabeth. And just a couple weeks earlier, when I was drawing this tombstone, I remember what the name of that lady was. And this fresh pile of dirt over there and it looked like a fairly fresh grave, and the name was Elizabeth. I was so freaked out by this lady, I mean she did not look like she was walking. It looked like she is floating. She had no footsteps at all. It shook me up so much. It's been like 5 years and I still get creeped out when I think about her. I don't know if I had just seen that parallel between the living and the dead but that person that I saw, that hovered at me, was not human. As a long-haul trucker, I've encountered my fair share of unusual and eerie situations on the road. One incident that still sends shivers down my spine happened around six years ago when I was driving along with a friend. We found ourselves on a desolate mountain road, far from civilization. Little did we know, this journey would introduce us to a chilling encounter that would forever haunt our memories. As we cruised along the winding road, Engrossed in our conversation, my friend suddenly interrupted with an urgent tone in his voice. He told me to pay attention to the truck driver who had just passed us, gesturing wildly as if warning us not to stop. Intrigued by his urgency, I turned my gaze in the direction he pointed, catching a glimpse of the truck disappearing into the distance. Curiosity peaked, I kept my eyes peeled, searching for any signs of danger or unusual activity. And then, it happened. A few moments later, I noticed a figure on the side of the road. It appeared to be a woman, hunched over something, her silhouette barely visible in the darkness. The image was fleeting, as we were quickly approaching a bend, making it difficult to discern any details. My friend, however, had a clearer view and immediately relayed his observations. He insisted that the woman was eating something from the ground, possibly roadkill. The thought alone was enough to send a shiver down my spine. But what disturbed my friend even more was when the woman turned to look at us as we passed by. The chill that crept up my spine intensified, and a sense of unease settled over us. The whole situation seemed inexplicably unsettling, leaving us with more questions than answers. Who was this woman? What was she doing in the middle of nowhere, feasting on something on the roadside? And why did the truck driver feel compelled to warn us? As we continued our journey, 
the image of the mysterious woman stayed etched in our minds, lingering like a haunting presence. I was riding back from a three-day stint out in the desert with my squad. We were assigned to protect a convoy that was carrying vital supplies for our own troops. I don't know what it was exactly, but they told us if anything happened to those trucks, then the war would have been even more devastating than what it already is. I just work as an officer, not some military strategist. Anyhow, being out there in the open desert with nothing but you and your squad mate is pretty disconcerting, at least to me anyway, with all these strange sounds coming from everywhere. One can easily get scared, especially during night patrols when everything falls deathly silent. Except, it was not. As I was leading the convoy through our last night patrol for those three long days without any incident or trouble from anyone, we were just about to call off the guard duty and rest up for a little bit when it happened. It was me who spotted them first as my squad mates slept. As usual, I had to take watch. They weren't exactly hard to miss with all their lights and everything, but there were four of them. These big, bright metallic yellow orbs that kept following us everywhere, even if we tried to hide behind the hills and other obstacles. Their position was given away easily enough. I told my team members, but they didn't believe me at first until they saw them too. They said these things must be scouts from an opposing military force. I was not so sure, and neither were they. We did not see any other military personnel that night. These things made their way to us slowly, but we remained calm. That is, until they began glowing brighter and more intensely. It then dawned on all of us what exactly these mysterious floating orbs were. The next thing we heard was a loud screeching sound coming from one of the things, and immediately after, another one started doing the same while two others remained silent. This went on for minutes before they suddenly sped off towards our base, which sat miles away from where we currently were. We did not know if whatever gave them such bright light had caused damage to our camp or worse, infiltrated it. And by the time we got there an hour later, everything seemed normal. We even questioned our commanders, and they confirmed that there was indeed a sort of strange light that came from the direction of where we were patrolling, but they did not know what it was. All I can remember is them telling us to forget about it, to get back to our homes, for we were dismissed by the higher-ups. It only took me a moment to realize what exactly those lights were before my squad mates told me that they were pulled in by their superiors, and they weren't lying. I'm a professional trucker named Merle, and my days are spent on the road, transporting goods across vast distances. On one particular night, I found myself cruising along a desolate highway in the heart of New Mexico. The darkness enveloped the landscape, and the only company I had was the hum of the engine and the occasional flicker of passing headlights. As I drove, my eyes caught sight of something peculiar in the distance, a pair of glowing lights. Curiosity peaked, I maintained my course, steadily closing the gap between us. The lights grew brighter, revealing the outline of a massive creature occupying the road. Its sheer size was astounding standing at a towering nine feet. The breadth of its shoulders alone could span four feet, showcasing the immense power it possessed. Even from a distance, 
I could make out the details of its form. Stringy hair clung to its body, but beneath the wiry strands, I glimpsed the rippling of muscles, flexing with each movement. Its thighs were as robust as tree trunks, exuding an aura of raw strength. The creature's neck was hardly discernible, leading up to a conical-shaped head that seemed to merge characteristics of a gorilla and a Neanderthal man. Its long arm swung with an otherworldly grace, emphasizing the creature's uncanny blend of primal and humanoid traits. As I approached, my instincts told me to slow down, and I cautiously brought my truck to a halt. To my disbelief, I watched as the creature feasted upon a coyote, tearing into its lifeless body with a ferocious hunger. The sight was both awe-inspiring and disturbing, a primal reminder of the harsh realities that exist beyond our daily lives. Suddenly, as if sensing my presence, the creature's gaze snapped towards me. Its eyes locked with mine, and it emitted a bone-chilling shriek that pierced the night air. Without hesitation, the creature sprinted towards the nearby woods with a speed and agility resembling that of a human. Its departure left behind the grotesque tableau of a dead coyote sprawled across the road. I sat there in stunned silence, my heart racing as I tried to comprehend what I had just witnessed. After a moment, I mustered the courage to step out of the truck and approach the lifeless coyote. My curiosity overwhelmed my fear, and I inspected the remains, hoping to find some clue to the nature of this enigmatic creature. The torn flesh and scattered bones only deepened the mystery, leaving me with more questions than answers. An eerie chill ran down my spine, and a wave of trepidation washed over me. Hastily, I retreated to the safety of my truck, my hands trembling on the steering wheel. In that moment, I made a silent vow to myself, swearing off alcohol forever. The encounter with that creature had shaken me to my core. I work as a ranger here in Arizona and I went backpacking to the Grand Canyon this past October. I put on the most conservative clothes I could, thinking I would blend into the landscape the best. I did not even shave for three days, and kidding, I'm just trying to make a funny and lighten the story. I had a three-day permit and just hiked into the Grand Canyon, hiking along the southern rim and camping at the bottom. I day hiked back and out at the end of the permit. I did run across more people than I thought I would. Figured I would have a better chance of telling my story to people who aren't from around here, so I kept my permit for three days. As stopping in the El Tovar Hotel for dinner, I decided to sit at the bar and talk to the folks next to me, who happened to be Canadians. I told them I was a ranger, and we were talking about the Grand Canyon and backpacking for a little while. Then one of the guys that I was talking to told me he had a really strange experience in the canyon a few years ago. I thought to myself, here we go, okay, I'm gonna ask him a bunch of questions, get some more details, and write it down in my journal. He went on to say that they went into the Grand Canyon a few years back and were coming up the South Khyber Trail, bouncing down the trail and enjoying the day when his friend saw a man running from a fire behind him up the hill very panicking, frantic. And he said to his friend, this guy who's apparently barely clothed and had a very manic, crazy look to his face, went right by them, did not see anything, did not even acknowledge their existence. He said that his friend and him had a very weird feeling and kept moving. 
There was a river running along the trail, and there was a bridge that goes over the river. They came across the fire department there, putting out a campfire that had grown out of control. They almost wonder if the man that walked past them was the man who started the fire and was retreating. So, as they kept going, going down the trail, it was now beginning to get dark, about five miles. They were also about 6,000 feet, and they both saw a huge dark figure standing in front of a rock. It was blocking their way. Almost what frightened them the most was, along against a rock as they made their way down to the bottom. They both described a large dark figure, black skin, huge red eyes, about nine feet tall, and moving on two legs like a man. They just kept moving, trying to stay calm and get to the bottom. Again, it was also very dark, and they had three more miles to go. Once they got there to the bottom, they were knocking on the door frantically, and a park ranger came to the door asking them if everything was okay. They weren't sure if they saw a bear or what, but I guess the ranger was convinced they just saw a large bear, even though they were adamant about what they saw and that it was not a bear or a misidentification, and how terrified and shook they were. I thought you might find their story interesting. They told me they never told anybody about it because they were convinced they were going to be the laughingstock. But they had also told me, too, in conversation, they have some friends who are Apache and Navajo and both admit there's some pretty questionable things going on down in the canyon, even more so at night. It's probably best to stay away. I'll give you my creepiest camping story. It was over 20 years ago in southern Missouri. Me, 17, and a friend, 16, were out camping. We were at least a mile and a half from our truck. We were also at least two miles from the nearest farmhouse. We had set up camp in a small clearing in dense old growth. Clearing was only about 25 feet across. Our fire and lantern light reached the trees but couldn't penetrate into them. It was dense and yet still had a lot of undergrowth. It was almost midnight and we were about to go to sleep when we started hearing movement near the camp. It didn't sound like a deer or coyotes sounded more like a heavy person walking around. We were armed, but we were getting really nervous. My friend called out who's there? And the walking stopped. Then we heard hoo hoo ah ah to one side. Then on the opposite side we heard a very similar call. It almost sounded like something you'd hear a chimpanzee or ape make. It made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. My friend's eyes were huge and he mouthed what the f was that? At me. I shrugged. I had no clue what that was. We were shining our lights at the trees, but even our flashlights couldn't penetrate the forest. My friend yelled out again who the F is out there? And that's when it got even weirder. We heard the hoo hoo ah ah call again, but this time it was followed up with a ear-shattering crack. It sounded like something was slamming a tree with another freaking tree. It was loud, about as loud as a rifle shot. Then it happened two more times just as loud. It did not sound far off. Yet we still couldn't see anything in our lights. There was again another answering call from the opposite side of the camp. That one seemed to be coming from farther away than it did the first time though. It also seemed to have moved around a little closer to the first one. We were still shining our lights around, 
but never did see anything. Didn't even make out any movement in the light. It was just too dense. We kept hearing movement in the woods, but it was moving away from us. After a little bit all was quiet again. We never did sleep that night. The only thing I can equate the calls we heard that night are to a chimpanzee or an ape. It's the only thing I've ever heard that sounds similar to what we heard that night. Yet it wasn't exactly the same as a chimps or an apes. Those loud cracks we heard sounded like a wooden baseball bat hitting a tree, but way louder. I've heard cougars, coyotes, deer calls, and everything else native to southern Missouri and still I had never heard this before and still haven't heard anything like it since. I still don't know what we heard that night. Probably never will. Was a wild land firefighter for few seasons. So I spent quite a bit time far in middle of nowhere. Irony. I have began to feel way safer in middle of nowhere even at night than I ever do in a very safe city. But here was one thing that really stand out in my mind. One night we got assigned to watch the fire line. So we were spaced about 100 yards apart from each other and we were on hill. Plus it was night time and the fire was pretty much dead. Well or dead. We can see it in distance but that is it. So we cannot see each other unless we flashlight at each other. Anyway I was sitting watching fire in far distance when I noticed something dark moving about 20 foot away from me. This wasn't unusual since lot of animals roams around at night time. I slowly tilt my head down to look at it. I notice it was oddly shaped. I sat still and try to make out what it was. After some time I cannot figure out what it was. I turn light on. Saw a huge eyes, somewhat diamond-shaped head with massive ears. With ashes flying all over the place and odd tint of the light, the object looked like a goblin. I swear my eyes was bulging out of the socket as I saw this goblin I sat still for a bit trying to decide whether I should scream or not. I went to school in a very remote area near Mont St. Helens. There's a trail used by the biology class, natural resources class and cross-country team that leads to a water tower up on the hill. It's heavily wooded and kids go up there almost every day. My buddy and I were waiting for his big sister's softball practice to finish up after school so she could drive us home. In the meantime we hiked up that trail. We hiked to the top, and on the way down got a very uneasy feeling. We both felt it. The kind of eerie that makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. Like we were being watched. We continued on, but neither one of us felt comfortable. Something wasn't right. We just wanted to get off the hill and out of the woods. All of a sudden, we heard the loudest, freakiest scream directly behind us. We both froze. I still to this day have never been so terrified. I looked at my buddy who was completely pale. I couldn't talk. All he mouthed was do. Not. Run. He mouthed the word cougar to me. I hadn't heard a pissed off cougar before that. All I can describe it as is a blood curdling screech from hell. We saw a few people walking towards us around the bend, which must have spooked the cat. We told the group to turn around. Rumor has it the cat had a den under the stadium bleachers. Don't know if it was true or not. We never did see it. 
I drove for a delivery service for two years delivering grocery bags that people ordered. Deliveries were between 5 p.m. and 9 p.m. One night I was out late because I had a long distance to drive for my last delivery of the night. I was out in more or less in the middle of nowhere rather deep into a forest and arrived at four houses on a small road. After the delivery I turned back on the road, it's late November so it's very dark outside. As I make a 90 turn on with the road my headlights clearly lit up a figure of a lady in a bright white dress, standing in the ditch on the side of the road. I probably only saw her for a second and couldn't make out a face, but I swear I saw her starting to move towards me. I drove out of there with lightning speed. Between the cabin and the storage space in the back there is a door for passage, it's completely empty back there and dark. I had to spend the full 45 minute drive back continuously waving the motion detected lights on back there cause I just felt this eerie presence back there while it was dark. That was the last time I ever had a delivery to that place on that route. One time and one time only. When I lived on a farm, one day I went up to fix a fence that a tree fell on. It was just a routine task, nothing out of the ordinary. The sun was shining, and the air was filled with the familiar scents of the countryside. Little did I know that this day would forever change my perspective on farming. As I worked diligently on repairing the fence, the only sound accompanying me was the occasional rustle of leaves and the creaking of the old wooden posts. But then, a distant and rhythmic beat caught my attention. It was faint at first, almost blending with the natural symphony of the farm. I paused, trying to identify the source of the sound. It sounded like drums, distant yet persistent. Kinda freaky, I thought, but I brushed it off as my imagination playing tricks on me. After all, farms can be filled with peculiar sounds and unexplained phenomena. Determined to finish my task, I focused on mending the fallen fence. Time passed, and the beat of the drums continued to echo in the background, growing slightly louder with each passing moment. Suddenly, without warning, a massive figure burst out from the thick bushes nearby. It was an ostrich, running at full speed, its long legs propelling it forward with incredible speed. My heart raced as I watched the creature charging straight towards me. Well, F that. I thought to myself, instinctively leaping onto the quad bike parked nearby. With a surge of adrenaline, I revved the engine and zoomed away, leaving the furious ostrich in my wake. I could hardly believe what had just happened. The speed at which that bird was closing in on me was astounding. It was as if it had a personal vendetta against me. Moment later, the F was right beside me, pecking at the thumb that rested on the throttle before slowing down and eventually stopping the chase. Shaken but relieved, I realized that this ostrich must have escaped from an ostrich farm in the next valley. The distant drumbeat I had heard earlier was perhaps a sign of its restlessness or longing for freedom. That day, as I reflected on the encounter, I couldn't help but feel a newfound respect for the unpredictability of farm life. It was a reminder that no matter how well we plan and try to control our surroundings, nature can always throw us a curveball. That might have been the day I decided that farming wasn't for me. 
The incident with the ostrich opened my eyes to the unexpected challenges and dangers that came with agricultural life. So I don't typically believe this kind of stuff, but I had a strange encounter a while back that I was telling my coworker about, and they insisted I saw a rake? I've been doing some research, since I had no idea what it was, and it looks very similar to what I saw. Anyway, I was driving home from work at 1.30am about two months ago and was heading down this typically busy side street, except since it was late there wasn't a lot of traffic just a jeep in front me. As I was driving around a bend in the road I saw in my peripheral this figure to my right by the sidewalk standing between two small trees held up by wire supports. The creature was standing kind of behind them. At first I thought it was just a big slender dog, like a white greyhound or great dane that escaped and seemed to be standing and barking at traffic by the sidewalk. I only noticed it as I began to pass by. As I passed by though, I quickly noticed it appeared to have a humanoid-shaped head with black eyes, a hunched back posterior, and a long stretched mouth like it was screaming. I was going about 45 miles per hour when I passed and it was dark out. I thought to myself yo WTF was that? So I slowed down quickly to look back, and in my mirror I saw the creature turn around and run towards a wood fence, but as it ran I saw how tall and slender the creature was. It seemed pale with a kind of anorexic appearance. It moved strangly and its leg joints were inverted and bent the opposite direction. At that point I was seriously creeped out. The jeep in front of me also slowed down, so I could only assume they saw it too. We both kept driving as it was late and couldn't stop in the middle of the road, but that situation really made my skin crawl. I kept checking my mirrors for the rest of the drive home and debating if I should have called a non-emergency line to have an officer check it out, but I told myself they would think I was an idiot. Now every night when I take that road, I look around to see if I can spot it again. I really want to believe it was just a dog but I can't stop thinking about how strangly it moved with its backwards knees. I haven't talked about this much except to my co-worker because quite frankly it sounds ridiculous. I'm just wondering WTF I actually saw, and if it's something I should even be talking about? Or if I should continue to pretend I never saw anything and just move on with my life? My great-grandfather did trucking for a while. I also know quite a few drivers. I might do it eventually. I've heard anything from guys being hopped up on Red Bull slash Monster Energy and seeing a quote pink piggy with a tutu dancing in the street in the middle of the night. Whenever anyone saw that it was time to pull off and go to bed, no matter how stretched for time you were. A relative of mine saw some 60-foot icicles somewhere in Virginia, I honestly don't remember where it was. Probably one of the most dangerous was when me and my dad were waiting for a delivery and it was just after 4.45 am. At this point and the driver called my dad and said he'd hit a power line just down the road. Me and my dad hopped in the car to check on the guy, he's a friend. And he said some hillbilly looking guy missing a fee teeth came out of nowhere and said. Oh you ain't got nothing to worry about that's just a cable line. Cable meaning telephone slash internet. The guy picks up the line with his bare hands and pulls it off the road and walks off. 
That was just weird. I don't know if that's what you guys are looking for, but that's the weirdest stuff I got. I work as a broadcast engineer. One night in September 2015 I received a phone call around 9.30-10ish p.m. from the on-duty engineer that our OTA, over the air, signal had gone out and we were off the air on our OTA platform. The call was with several other engineers as well as my boss at the time. We figured out that the problem was at our transmitter and must be corrected manually. My boss asked for someone to volunteer to go with him and after a few seconds of awkward silence, I offered. So our RF transmitter site was located on top of Beacon Mountain in Beacon, New York which was about an hour plus from our station. At the time, I had never been up there so going in the middle of the night was a little spooky. I met my boss and we drove together, got to the mountain a little before midnight. The road up the mountain to the transmitter site is a long, narrow, windy, and steep dirt road with a lot of big loose rocks so the drive up and down is scary enough. I can't emphasize enough how dark this drive was. Like pitch black. A few times while going up we would see headlights coming towards us of people out with their off-road jeeps. Which wouldn't be as weird if it weren't the middle of the night. We also saw two different campfires deep in the woods which I just assumed were groups of locals hanging out drinking. My boss told me that locals hung out near the transmitter sites sometimes and should be avoided as they had a tendency to be sketchy. It didn't seem too sketchy to me but what did I know, it was my first time there. My boss also told me that he never travels to that mountain without a gun. He said it's more than the locals, I've seen stuff out here I can't really explain. We get to the top, do our work on our transmitter, close everything up, and start to head back down. As we were heading down, we were at a particularly steep part of the road when you have to ride your brake because the car won't stop till the incline levels out a little. All of a sudden, three deer sprint out in front of us not even looking at our oncoming car causing us to swerve since we were already riding the brake. The front of the car hit a rock which stopped our momentum. My boss instantly turned the car off and once the sound of the engine died we heard something big run the opposite direction away from the road up the natural slope of the hill. I shined my flashlight in the direction but whatever it was, was already out of sight. We could still see branches moving and leaves settling from being disturbed by whatever ran away. I asked my boss if he thought that was another deer or possibly a bear and he replied, bears run on all fours whatever that was ran on two legs. And bears don't hunt deer, something was chasing them. When we first heard the footsteps, I would estimate they were as close as 10 to 15 feet from the car when it started to run away but appeared to be standing over us as there was a natural incline up the mountain. There are a few logical explanations like that my boss was just trying to scare me or that it was a local walking, running through the woods but here are a few things to consider, yes, it could have been a person walking alone through the woods but why chase the deer? And why run away from the car? Also, whatever ran away was out of sight quickly. Like within 3 to 4 seconds of starting to run up the hill. This person would have to be in the greatest shape ever to run that quickly up this hill. This also sounded way too big to be a bobcat, mountain lion, or coyote. My boss is not the kind of guy that would try to scare people 
He's a very stern all business type of guy. He seemed pretty rattled by this and wanted to get off the mountain ASAP. He later confided in me that he thought it may have been a Bigfoot. I ended up going back up that mountain many more times before leaving for a new job and I never saw or heard anything like that night. However, I never went back after sunset. I no longer work for this company and this company no longer owns the transmitter site so I will likely never have a reason to go back. I don't know of any reported sightings or experiences in the area but I do know that over the years there have been many car accidents on that road. I assume all the accidents are due to the poor condition of it but honestly, I have no idea. The year was 1970. I worked for Caltrans as a right-of-way agent for the state of California. I was taking some legal documents over to Bakersfield to have a county judge sign. I was traveling on Route 58 west of Mojave towards Bakersfield and east of Tecopee in my 1957 Chevrolet State car. A state highway maintenance crew was repairing the westbound lanes. Traffic was stopped in these two lanes for up to 15 minutes. I pulled right, off of the highway to a dirt and gravel turnout and backed up to a low-level brush and rock area with no dirt roads behind me. I sat in the car for a few minutes and decided to take a look at the documents I was taking to Bakersfield for the judge. Before I got the documents out, I noticed something in my rear view's mirror and turned to see what it was. I was amazed to see a vehicle directly behind my car with two individuals wearing grey-white suits. Mine was the only car on the turnout. No car could have possibly gone around the front or the back without me seeing or hearing it. There was no sound at all. I continued to look directly at the car and individuals directly through the back window. The car was maroon in color with a dark top, the grille looked similar to an older Buick. The license plate was light in color with no discernible markings. The two individuals in the car as stated wore jump-type suits with no buttons. They were slender with no visible hat or hair and their bodies appeared to be smaller than the average-sized man. Their eyes were very dark and semi-oval, little larger than a normal human. They stared at me and never blinked. They both had two small holes for their nose, very small mouths, no lips and I couldn't see any ears. Nor could I see their arms due to their car hood hiding over half of their bodies. After a few minutes of staring at each other, I noticed light traffic starting to slowly move on the highway again to the west. So I drove from my parking area out to the paved highway going towards Bakersfield again. The highway's westbound lanes were now open for the public. I was driving about normal speed in the right-hand lane, just west of where the state construction was. Looking to my left I saw a maroon car driving at my speed, parallel to me with the same individuals I had seen at the turnout. The driver looked continuously to the front. I immediately noticed that he had no nose and he was bald. The passenger in the car was again staring directly at me. We drove parallel to each other for about 15 seconds. I didn't know what to do, so I waved my hand at them as if to say goodbye. They immediately sped down the highway and disappeared around a moderate curve to the right. I sped up to try and see the maroon car again but it had disappeared. There were rather steep rock cliffs on the right side and no place to turn off the highway. 
The next day driving from Bakersfield to Bishop, I stopped at the same turnout of my first encounter and went to the same spot. I saw my tire tracks from the previous day but saw no other tracks behind mine. Wow! As you might deduce I've never breathed a word of these happenings for decades to anyone for fear of being ridiculed. I've mulled over this experience many times over the years. This is my true story of a very strange, mysterious and profound event. One of my cousin's brothers told me this story. He works in construction and he told me a story about three of his friends that he works with. The three guys are Mexican. Of the three of them, one is an older guy. This story takes place east of Flagstaff, Arizona, heading towards Leop. I would say about 20 miles from Flagstaff. There are a lot of cinder cones, hills, in that area. There's a stretch of highway that goes down a long hill. The three guys were driving from Flagstaff one night. I don't remember where he said they were going, but it was late and the older man was driving. They started down the long hill. When they were halfway down they witnessed something very crazy and weird. They saw a centaur, half man slash half horse, jump into the center of the road. They said it was very big, at least 7 to 8 feet tall. It had long hair and it was carrying a wooden club in one hand. They said it had a very mean-looking evil face. The sight of it freaked them out and the guy that was driving swerved off the road and they rolled the truck. They crawled out of the vehicle and the older guy that was driving was having a heart attack. They called 911 and soon they were taken to Flagstaff Medical Center. They didn't tell anyone about what they witnessed because they feared nobody would believe them. The older man recovered, and they all kept asking each other if they really saw the centaur. They all agreed that they all saw it. They told my cousin about and he said he went to a Navajo medicine man. He asked the medicine man about it. The man told him that it is true. He said that there are seven centaurs that people have seen over the years. The one that they saw, with the long hair, is the evil one. The mean one. I've heard stories that friends told me when we were kids growing up. I wasn't sure if they were real but after hearing this I think they are real. My cousin said the three men are still traumatized by the experience and they said they will never travel again during the night. Anyway, I wanted to share this story with the group. So this happened to my cousin, and not me. He owns a house in the city, and his parents live maybe an hour or so away from him on a nice little chunk of property, few acres, not incredibly remote, but it's somewhere where people won't usually be driving at night. So, I guess he was doing some renos on his house and decided to stay with his parents while the work was being done and so one night, he's driving home and when he's pretty close, he notices a car come up super quick behind him. He moves over a bit so they can pass him but they don't. As he's getting closer to the house, I guess he's starting to freak out a bit, so his plan is to just get home and run inside. So, he gets to the start of the driveway, kind of a long, country driveway, and another car comes from the other direction and tries to block him. Now he knows something is up and when he's close to the house, he starts yelling for my uncle to grab his gun, so, he makes it inside and locks the door, this is one of those sort of heavy, 
metal doors with no windows, as there's black bears in the area, and my uncle comes downstairs, half asleep, panicked and ready to shoot whoever is out there, the guys get to the door and start like, full on trying to kick it down. My uncle makes some threats, my aunt calls the cops and the guys just kind of leave. No idea what the F was going on. I'm guessing some kind of a robbery, but who knows. Back in 1988, I lived many miles out in the Arizona desert. At that time I worked two jobs and a lot of hours. Each month I worked my schedules out so that I had four days in a row off. During this time I would mess around with my hot rod and race to make a little extra money. I was always doing stuff to my car to improve speed, performance whatever edge I could get. Well, on one of my days off I installed a new carb and dialed it in. I always took my car out to the desert to test it. On this particular day, I had worked until evening, but I took it out for a test anyway. So I was having fun testing her out and it got dark on me. Instead of trying to get back home, I decided to just stay and sleep in my car. I was just driving around finding a place to park and sleep. I came across this old adobe and decided I'd check it out and sleep. It was kind of small and an old ruin. I found an old fireplace inside and it looked more comfortable than sleeping in my car. I grabbed a flashlight, turned on my headlights, and gathered a little brush and some small bit of wood. I grabbed a blanket from my car and an old cushion I had for a pillow. So I built a little fire and settled in. In the morning I awoke early, gathered my stuff, and headed back to an old 1950s trailer where I lived. A friend stopped by to visit later in the day. He had lived in that area all his life and was very familiar with the desert there. So, he asks, where was I last night since he had stopped by with some whiskey but you weren't home? So I told him the story of where I was. When I got to the part about the adobe, he listened. Then he asked about the adobe. I told him where it was and he said that there is no adobe out there. I said yeah, I slept there. He still said no adobe. So I said jump in the car I'll show you. So we drove around and I found the spot, but there was no adobe. My tire tracks were there. I could still see where I built the fire. Everything is there but no adobe. He's quiet as I'm confused, looking around. I said to him that it was here last night. He says that he's been here all his life, and knows this desert. There has been no adobe here. He says that I went somewhere maybe into the past, but there isn't no adobe here. He's never seen one here ever in his life. So I don't know what happened that night. I wasn't drunk or high and I know it was there. So, I looked for it for years but never found it again. Does anyone out there know what happened that night? This happened when I was 15 years old back in 1979. It doesn't matter how long ago an incident like this occurs because once it does, the trauma burns into your brain. I was at Little Pipe Creek in the small town of Flora, Indiana where I grew up. It was just a mile or so from where the creek empties into the Wabash River. My friends and I hung out there every day during the summer. It was late afternoon and we had just arrived at our spot. As we approached the creek I looked up at a tree about 100 feet away and there is a figure in it. 
It had long brown hair and it was swinging from limb to limb, but it was straight up and down, about six feet tall. I'm there with my two other friends. When I notice the figure I say, what is that? It's not a monkey but it's swinging like a monkey, but it's not a human either. Back then we didn't know what Bigfoot was and this sighting lasted a good five minutes. We're sitting there watching it. I had no fear in me at all. Then, all of a sudden, I just had the most fear I've ever felt in my life and I told my friends, we gotta go. We have to go right now. I think the Bigfoot or whatever, somehow put that sense of fear in me. The sensation was so sudden and strong. So we take off up the nearby hill and head home. I'm going faster than my friends. I'm up in the weeds and I'm scared and then my friend said, go. 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 A man is chasing us. A man is chasing us. I thought he was joking. I looked around at his face and I've never seen such a look of fear on his face before. We lived about half a mile away and when we got home, I go, a guy was chasing us? He goes, well, it looked like a man but it was big and hairy. We were scared to return to the spot, but a few weeks later we gathered our courage and walked back to the creek. When we got there, it looked like a bomb had gone off. Several of the small and medium-sized trees were uprooted and tossed into the creek. But the first thing we noticed as we approached was the unmistakable odor of decay and death. We looked at the destruction as we stood several yards away from the creek. That is when we noticed the source of the stench. There were at least three deer carcasses and several small dead animals strewn throughout the site. We were getting ready to leave after only a few minutes. Then I started to again feel a strong and sudden urge to run from the area. That's when we heard a horrific scream coming from the surrounding woods. We instinctively ran toward home. That was the last time that I ever went back to the location. Several years later, after I had moved away, I ran into one of my friends who had experienced the incident with me. He stayed in Flora, got married, and built a house. He told me that the big hairy man had been seen and reported along Little Pipe Creek by other witnesses. I was driving from Las Vegas to Lake Havasu City in my truck, and it was around 1 am. The roads were mostly empty, and the dark night stretched out ahead of me. After passing through searchlight, I found myself on a stretch of two-lane road, with bushes lining each side, seemingly reaching out towards the asphalt. As I cruised along, the monotony of the road started to take its toll on my senses. The rhythmic hum of the engine provided a comforting backdrop to the quiet desert night. But then, out of nowhere, a peculiar sight caught my attention. There, just before I passed, a large bush bent towards the road at an angle of about 60 degrees. It appeared as if something had forcefully knocked it over, causing it to lean precariously. Confusion and curiosity mingled in my mind. None of the other bushes seemed to be affected by the wind or any other external factors. It was an isolated incident, standing out like a mysterious anomaly in the stillness of the night. I couldn't shake the eerie feeling that something out of the ordinary had just occurred. Uncertainty filled the air as I continued my journey, my foot pressing the accelerator, propelling me forward at a speed of 90 to 100 miles per hour. The road stretched out before me, 
seemingly endless, and I couldn't help but steal glances in the rearview mirror, half expecting the bush to have righted itself or to witness some other strange occurrence. Eventually, the two-lane road led me to the freeway, where the atmosphere shifted. The sense of isolation gave way to the presence of other vehicles, their headlights piercing through the darkness. I merged onto the freeway, leaving the enigmatic encounter behind me. As I continued my drive, my mind raced with possibilities, trying to make sense of what I had witnessed. Was it a trick of the light? An odd gust of wind? Or something entirely inexplicable? The image of that bent bush lingered in my thoughts, like a puzzle piece that refused to fit. My cousin recently moved here from Secunderabad, India. On a recent road trip exploring America, we were shooting shit, exchanging ghost stories, and laughing at sea and differences between American and Indian ghost stories when I asked her if she's ever experienced anything supernatural. Her eyes widened as she averted her eyes. To the window. When the silence was about to be too much for me, she softly responded, yes. A few. One is troubling. In my second year in college, I stayed in an all-girl hostel, dorm. I made many friends. We were all delighted to be away from our conservative parents in school. The hostel was so much fun, but it was an ancient building. Electricity was only put in the rooms. Sometimes, candles were placed along the windows if a watchman was present, but generally, you were faced with complete darkness once you left the chambers. It's common to wake someone if you need to walk down to the restroom at the end of the hall. We all had a childish fear of being alone in the dark. One night, I had to use the restroom. It was about 4 am. I went to my friend's bed and tapped her on the arm. She immediately opened her eyes as soon as I touched her. I apologized for bothering her and told her I needed to pee. She smiled at me and hopped out of bed. Down the hallway, she laughed and danced. I could not see her, but her bangles clanked together loudly, and the bells on her anklets jingled softly. It was very calming. I laughed and sashayed my hips down the hallway with her, too tired to match elaborate arm movements. She said nothing to me, though occasionally I heard her hum one of our favorite Bollywood songs. The same thing happened on our return. Fell back asleep quickly. One awoke pretty late the following day to the sound of men in our room. They surrounded her bed. I bolted from my bed, prepared to protect my friend, when I realized they were college administrators. I peered over closer. My friend's lifeless eyes were fixated on my bed, the same smile on her fac. Her time of death was 11.30 p.m., almost five hours before I woke her. I drove to a local convenience store here near Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania in Monroe County to pick up something to eat. My dog was with me and it was just before midnight. Everything was normal on the way there, but on the way back something weird happened. As I approach a stop sign outside of town, my dog started growling. My dog rarely growls, so when he does I take notice. I looked around and saw a deer walking toward the road from behind a large oak tree. The deer then stepped out onto the road. It's about 50 feet from me, but then the deer starts to walk toward the headlights of my car. 
As it gets closer, I begin to see its face much clearer. At first I literally shook my head a bit in disbelief. Then I did a double take. The deer had a freaking human face. There was no elongated nose, no big dark eyes, it was a freaking person's face. The eyes had whites surrounding dark blue colored pupils and was forward setting, looking directly at me. I just froze. I don't even remember if my dog was growling at this point. I was truly scared by what I was witnessing. It kept looking at me for almost a minute. Then to turned and slowing walked to the other side of the road and then walked off into the woods. I stepped on the gas and got the heck out of there. When I got home, I immediately went inside my house and pour a stiff drink. I needed to know what I saw and went online. I stayed up most of the night looking for an explanation for what I had witnessed. I read a few other accounts of what people referred to as not deer, but nothing as dramatic as what I saw. I'm beginning to believe that I witnessed the results of a an experiment that went wrong. I found your contact email during my research online. Can you give me an answer as to what I saw? The day was Monday, June 26, 2023. Some context, this happened a couple years back. I live in a pre-war building in a big city. It is, I believe 15 floors high or so. The highest floor is labeled PH on the elevator. I live on the ninth floor. I went in the elevator alone, pressed the button as I always do, and remember it lighting up like usual. The elevator then proceeded to go up. And up. And up. And completely past my floor. The ninth floor button was still lit up though. 10, 11, 12. I am paralyzed in shock and fear, I am scared of elevators, and I inwardly imagine if the elevator just kept going and crashed into the roof of the building. It goes up to 14, and then it says PH. The doors open. I am met with the most peculiar scene. I literally have stepped into someone's apartment. I'm in some sort of foyer, and I see hooks with some baseball caps. I glance into another room whose door was slightly ajar and see a kitchen, and there's a small bathroom in front of me. But none of that is as odd as the piece of paper taped to the door on my left that says police on it with do not cross yellow tape. At that point I noped out of there. But couldn't find stairs. So yes, I had to go back down the same elevator. When I got to the lobby of my building I recounted this bizarre event to my doorman. His eyes widened and he pointed out two things to me. The penthouse is only accessible by key. So you cannot click the PH button in the elevator and go there, unless you insert a key and turn it. That's because, as I had already seen, the penthouse elevator opens directly into the apartment. The resident who lived in the penthouse apartment had just recently passed away the previous day. That leaves me to wonder. Why did the elevator take me to the penthouse without the key and without me pressing the button, and completely ignore my floor? Could the former resident have been going up to his place or playing a practical joke on me? Or was it merely a coincidence? I guess I'll never know the answer. When I was around 8-9 years old my grandma had passed away. 
My mom and I stayed in her fifth wheel where she used to live on her own and while I was 8 to 9 I didn't have my own room so I would sleep next to my mom. I don't really remember much, but one night I was awakened by my own sweat, I mean burning up in the covers. I opened my eyes and let them adjust and that's when I saw something on the dresser cut out. It was white and looked like it was leaning down to get a better look at me. I quickly put my head under the blanket and tried shaking my mom awake. She must have been in a deep sleep because it took a few tries. I want to mention that this was in a very very rural area in Florida. There's no way light could come in through the window as our driveway was blocked by huge trees. It had a round head shape, but the rest I didn't get a good look because, well I hid. My mom finally woke up shortly after and asked panicked what was wrong and I told her. She's always mentioned I've had a gift but I have become skeptical as I'm 25 now. However recently I've been having really odd sleeps where I'm awakened by something, same voice every time, saying hello? Or what's the time? It's been hard to sleep as well. Ever since I was a child I've been terrified of the dark and couldn't explain why, but when I close my eyes I can feel things on me and even hear them but when I open my eyes it fades. Does anyone else have this issue? Is it something contacting me or is it just the human body being strange like always? I'm between now. My other story was about a possible apparition moving through someone's kitchen. It got me thinking about when I was a kid, 4 to 7, really young, where I would wake up to go use the restroom in the middle of the night. Can't recall the time because I never really looked, but the house was dark. And I slept in my bedroom at the end of the second story hallway. Across the hall was my brother's room, down the hall to the left was an office room area. Directly down the hall was double doors leading to my parents' room, and to the end of the hall at the right was the bathroom and stairs leading down. Now, I would leave my bedroom from the left side of the hall to use the bathroom which would be directly catty corner to my room. And I remember at least twice where there would be a dog type silhouette. One time it was moving from the bathroom to the office area. The second time it was just sitting at the top of the stairs staring in my direction. I remember this dog was huge, possibly the size of a large German Shepherd. It had pointed ears, and a dull red glow in its eyes. I assume it was black but it was always so dark I'd just see its silhouette. It terrified me, obviously. This could have been my imagination, but I hadn't watched scary movies like Pet Cemetery, or really any scary movies at all because of my age so I had nothing to compare this figure to, or even suggest to myself mentally, like a nightmare or hallucination. I had no reference point, basically. Anyway, I did eventually see Pet Cemetery and woke up to an undead corgi beside my bed. But this was after the dark dog-like figure, years later I believe. Any ideas? The house was only a few years old at the time, and was built on farmland. To address any questions ahead of time, Yes we had a series of dogs growing up. However at this time we only had one named Ginger, and she was smaller than the figure I'd seen, maybe like 20 to 25 pounds, and blonde or white. I, 22 female, 
have always had problems sleeping going back as far as the age of 7 to 8. I didn't have the best childhood. Both my parents were drug addicts and split up when I was about 5. My father was abusive towards my mom and would cheat constantly when they were together. Due to that my siblings and I were put in foster homes when I was 6 to 7. My sister and I were always together in the same homes, total of 3, and my older brothers were also moved from home to home separate from us. Around the time we had all moved back in with my mom my sleeping problems had gotten worse. I couldn't sleep, I would feel like I was being watched and would stay up as much as I could do to some chest pains and constant horrible nightmares. That would subside until high school. During high school I would get sleep paralysis two to four times a night. If I were to take a nap during the day I would also get sleep paralysis. I would just deal with it. Up until I started to see shadows and hear voices during sleep paralysis. One night I had fallen asleep and woke up and saw a figure standing at the corner of the room, it was a lady dressed in all black with a veil over her head. She slowly approached me then got on top of me and started screaming in my face. This terrified me, I had never experienced something like that before. During this time I was also depressed. I didn't see her again or think about it until today. My friend came over and said that he had seen a lady wearing all black in front of me looking at me intensely and when he turned and looked back she was gone. What does this mean? The last time I had an encounter with her I was very depressed and although my mental state isn't the best right now I'm just slowly getting out of a depressed episode. I heard somewhere that she appears when you're close to death, how true is this?